This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. God's good, isn't he? How many are you glad to be in church today? Glory to God. We want to welcome all of you that are watching via internet. Glad you can be with us and join us today. Praise God on this 18th day of July. I mean, my wife and I were just talking about that. How many of you think maybe that, uh, that uh, time is ticking away? I mean, it is just hard to believe it's already July. Isn't that right? Huh? I mean, we just got done with Christmas, right? Well, anyway. So, uh, but anyway, we're thankful that you can be with us. Glory to God. We're excited about what God's doing in the earth today, and you all know he is coming again. Amen. He said, if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Hallelujah. So there's a lot going on in heaven, you know, as they prepare for our coming. Hallelujah. Your coming. Amen. Glory to God. And that's so good. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, Paul was writing, he, he made the comment, he says, death, where is your sting? Well, you know, praise God. The Bible says the sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be unto God. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, he, he makes us and gives us the victory. Glory to God. He causes us to triumph. Jesus paid a price so that you and I would be able to live. Isn't that good? Hallelujah. I was I mentioned to you here a week or two ago about just, <clears throat> I was listening to a song, and, and in this song it talked about the fact that uh, when Jesus was on the cross, his very last words were, it is finished. Praise God. Everything that God intended was fulfilled in his last breath as he fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law to open the door for you and I to be born of the Spirit of God. In other words, to restore everything back to its original intent. It was never God's intent that Adam would uh, transgress against uh, him, but he did. And so right away, God began to work a plan, if you want to call it that, so that you and I could be redeemed. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah, so we wouldn't wind up in hell. And not only that, but thank God we could live victoriously in this present life. You know, you know, you think about the people that had to live under the law and keep all the righteous requirements of that and how arduous and difficult and literally impossible that was. And to live in a fallen nature, in a sinful kind of nature, and still try to obey God. I don't know about you, but before I'd met Jesus, that was not happening. Come on. And Jesus came and gave his life, shed his blood, so that you and I today could be here, praise God, with his very life on the inside of us. Amen. So I tell you what, you ought to rejoice, glory to God, because the king is coming. And when he does, glory to God, I'm telling you, you talk about shouting unto God with a voice of triumph. What a day. The, the likes of which none of us have ever witnessed. There's no way that you could even begin to imagine what it's going to be like when Jesus comes again. Hallelujah. So that is our blessed hope. That's what gives us hope. That's why we, you know, occupy until he comes. Hallelujah. That's why we overcome because of what it is that he did. I don't know about you, but I want to obey God. I want to obey Jesus. Glory to God. He said, occupy till I come. Hallelujah. Do kingdom business. 
Amen? Live for God. Live upright. Live righteously. Be a witness and a testimony to the resurrection of Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So, you know, in those moments when we feel like we can't or, you know, this, that, or the other, thank God those in those times is when we have to just readjust, realign, rethink what it is that God has said and say, by golly, you know what? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So don't ever let the devil steal your joy. Jerry Savelle wrote, or not wrote, but he, he preached a message entitled, you know, if, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Glory to God. And that's really true. You know, I mean, everything in the Bible is telling us that we've made us, that Jesus has made us more than conquerors because he loved us. Amen. So we live not only in the reality of that, but, but, but in the hope of it. Because he has provided for us everything we need. Amen? So you got to be careful about what it is you allow your mind to think about. Huh? That's the battlefield. That's where the rubber meets the road. And if you don't have it square from the Bible, you know, you think about it. People without the word of God, they have no, no, no compass, no, no point of reference. They don't know straight up from Sikkim, really. I mean, they're on their own. Isn't that right? I mean, if you leave your thinking up to popular culture, you know, as in terms of trying to define what's right and wrong, dude, you are in a world of hurt. But thank God we've got his word. Everybody say hallelujah. Yeah, we've got the living word of God. He said, your word is truth. Glory to God. So if you want to know the truth, if you want to be set free, if you want to enjoy life and God's best, then praise God, the Bible becomes a pretty important uh, instrument in the life of the believer. Amen? You know, it's often that we should ask ourselves, just what does the Bible say? Again, it's not about popular opinion. I mean, pop culture right now, dude, they're so far in the cellar. I mean, really, cesspool, you know, that if you take your lead from them, uh, you're going to go down a path that will destroy your life. Are you listening to me? You know, and, and the Bible talks about the fact, and this is not my message, this is your appetizer, okay? But the Bible talks about the fact that in the days in which you, you and I live, that both trouble, troubling and perilous times will come. And it defines why. Because people have become so self-absorbed in everything, lovers of themselves, you know, and all of the different things that it describes where people are concerned. And... Um, you know, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. In other words, what drives the behavior in the world of evil today is a thing called money. And so we see how it is that it's destroying people's lives. And uh, it's never enough. You can't, whatever it is, this insatiable appetite for more and somehow or another, there's the deceptive quality within money that makes people think that they're better than others. But you know what? Praise God. Last time I checked, we all put our pants on the same way. Are you listening to me? And as far as God is concerned, money is not the determining factor about who's better than someone else. Glory to God. Amen. 
You say, why would you say that? Because the whole world's driven by it right now. Are you with me? You know, well, anyway, we could talk a lot about that, but wouldn't be that edifying. So let's talk about some edification things, right? Isn't that, don't that sound better to you? Let's look here. Let's open our Bibles again to First uh, uh, John, the first epistle of John, chapter 4. We've used this as our text, and we're going to continue along these lines, talking about the greater one. Hallelujah. Thank God for the greater one. Now notice here in First John, chapter 4, maybe we ought to pray. That, that's probably a good idea. Amen? Let's get our hearts lined out for what it is that the Holy Ghost wants to say. You know, you came to church, got all spiffed up, smelled pretty good, you know, and, you know, did whatever it is that you did. If you went to all that effort, praise God, we might as well get something out of this trip, don't you think? Now, maybe some of you worked a little harder than others as far as getting ready, but anyway, you know what I'm saying. As long as we're here, we might as well get something from heaven, amen? And, that, and a lot of that is determined by you and what it is that you're willing to open your heart up to in terms of the possibilities that God has for you. So I want us to pray, and I want us just to open our hearts up to him to listen to what it is that he has to say. Do you know he's got answers to our problems? He has solutions to the things that are going on within our lives. Glory to God. I mean, praise God with Jesus, there's nothing but peace. You know, Martha, she was all stirred up, and he said, Martha, you're careful, and you're troubled about many things. But there's only one thing that's needful. And Mary, your sister, chose the better part. And far be it from me to be the one that takes it from her. Amen? So here we are in that same moment. And I'm not trying to suggest that, that I'm Jesus in any way, but we are at his feet to hear from him. So, like I said, we might as well make it worth our while. Praise God. Father, we love you today, and we thank you so very much for this portion of our service, and Father, for every person that's here today that has made it a determination within their lives to make you a priority. We're also thankful, Father, for others that are watching by internet, Father God, wherever they may find themselves. And Father, as we come before you today, Father, I just want to thank you for your living word. I thank you. It is the truth that sets people free. And today, Father, whatever anxieties, whatever fears, whatever care that may be dominating people's lives, Father, I thank you that your word will absolutely obliterate it. And so I want to thank you, Father God, for the peace that passes all understanding to keep each and every one of our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to keep our eyes on you. And we thank you, Father, for your blessing. In Jesus' name, and everybody said... Amen. Notice with me in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, John's writing here under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, and he says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater, everybody say greater, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Aren't you glad for that today? Praise God, I'll tell you what, it's a good word. And he said here, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. The them he's talking about is he's talking about the false prophets and those that are of the Antichrist. 
Now, I want to mention to you again, so often, you know, when it comes to our interpretations of the Bible, sometimes we only think about it in the context of the Christian uh, environment or the church when it comes to false prophets and different things like that. But if you look in a broader, more comprehensive perspective, you know, it really would include the whole world because the world's preaching their quote-unquote gospel. Isn't that right? You understand that concept? I mean, there are people that are aspiring to and communicating certain narratives that they want to, to teach or preach or for people to live Bible. Thank God, you know, we've got his word and we don't have to listen to that. And there are many of them. You know, he's talking about the spirit of antichrist. You know, anything that doesn't represent the kingdom of God and loving God and believing that Jesus is the Christ, hallelujah, we don't want to have anything to do with. So thank God he said, he said, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. And then he goes on to say, why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Think with me for a moment about Jesus. As the plan of God unfolded, he was born into this world, you know, of a virgin, and he began to grow up as a child. We know the story about him being about 12 years old when they went down to Jerusalem for their annual, you know, pilgrimage to uh, there, and how that when it was time to go, he wasn't with the family, he was still there. So they had to go back and find him, and they found him in the synagogue, and he, he just simply said, you know, why is it that you're so stirred up? Don't you know? that I have to be about my father's business. Listen, he was, he was living on a different plane completely when it came to the priorities of life and what it is that concerned him. And as he was growing up, you have to understand that he, he grew up alone. You know, there was no one except his father that was leading and directing him. Even in his earthly ministry, his own family disavowed him. Didn't, they thought he was nuts. On one occasion, they went after him. You know, and they tried to get to him so that they could silence him or have him stop or however you want to call it. And yet his very own blood were, were against him, you know. And, and so when you think about that and you think about it in the context of everything that, that, that stood against him, you got to ask yourself, why in the world would he keep doing what he was doing? And I'll tell you exactly why. Because of love because he loved you, because he was willing to give his life as a ransom for all of us. And that's why the Bible tells us, you know, in the scriptures, in the book of Hebrews, it says, <clears throat> it says, uh, what does it say, Bill? Do you remember what it says? Yeah, book of Hebrews. Can you quote the whole book of Hebrews for me? No, never mind. It says, wherefore, seeing that we also are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. And he said, for consider him, consider him, because you've not yet resisted against sin, striving against sin unto blood. I mean, you think about what it is that Jesus did in order to be able to be on that cross and say, 
It's finished. It was finished for you. It was finished for me. And thank God, people who have come into the knowledge of the truth and accepted Christ, that have repented of their sins, that have recognized their need for a Savior, God has come and He has changed us from the inside out. He's made us new creations. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Thank God that past life nature of sin no longer can have dominion over us unless we allow it, unless we give it up. But thank God we don't have to, amen? We can walk in the light as he is in the light, and we can have fellowship with one another. That's why the scripture says, you're of God, little children. You're born of God, child of God. Huh? Come on. He's in you. And he said, you've overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Everybody say it together. Thank God that the greater one is in me. Praise God. And he wants us to follow his lead. And you know, we know his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. The voice of a stranger they do not follow. What's that mean? You know, some people say, well, you know, I just, you know, we know the difference between right and wrong, child of God. You know why? Because he's in you. Now, we might, you know, push it down or, you know, uh, slide it aside or whatever. But listen, we know the truth. You know, anytime you get yourself into a situation where you want to be a little bit ornery, huh? You know, a little bit mean, you know right away, child of God, that that is no way to behave. Can I get a witness? Now, I know no, there's a lot of you, evidently, that have never had that temptation. But sure enough, we know that when our behavior, you know, you know when your behavior isn't right. You know, and we frustrate the grace of God and, you know, we fume and we do whatever and, and, and nothing gets any better until you repent. But when you do, thank God he's merciful enough to forgive you and help you get yourself straightened back up again. Aren't you glad for that? Woo, glory to God. But he wants, uh, you know, and, and, and all of us, you know, there are times, and I'm not, I'm not trying to suggest and make this an excuse. I mean, these are things that happen to, uh, that occur in all of our lives. I think what I'm trying to do is get us to happen, have it happen less frequently, you know, how I many of you know life goes better when you do that? Amen. I tell you what, you know, like you talk about in, the, in, in terms of marriage and things like that. Man, dude, you can have heaven on earth. Some people just need to shut their yap. They talk too much. They say things that they should not be saying. Well, you know, I've got a right. Yeah, you've got a right, you knothead. You know what I'm saying? Huh? Some of you do. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. You know, I'm supposed to have a relevant word for you. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, where we live, you know, uh, that you can relate to that. And I know that you can. But again, John said, you're of God. You're not like the old man. You no longer have the old nature and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Jesus paid an awesome price 
for you to be able to experience his indwelling presence. And there is an expectation that you and I, praise God, should live honorably for him. Amen. Don't worry about that. That's my brother-in-law. Had too much pepper for breakfast. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad I brought that up, Phil? I see. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in this world. He's greater. He's greater than any problem you'll ever face. Huh? He'll, he's greater than any disappointment that you'll experience. He's greater. And we all experience those things within our lives. But you know, there's coming a day when all of that's going to pass. And there will be no more sorrow. There'll be no more tears. There won't be any more of the pain that so many people experience. But thank God, while we're here in this earthborn realm, then praise God, we have the privilege of being able to call on the name of the Lord, to lean upon the Master, to trust in Him to put us over in life. Amen? Because of the greater one that is in us. Praise God. And if He's greater, if He's the greater one, and He is, how many of you believe He's the greater one? Amen? then nothing can of an evil nature or curse or the curse stand against his power. So as you and I go through life, as we, as we continue on in this journey, we end up having to deal with and face various things, some of which are from hell, some of which are from heaven. And you know, you have to determine or decide which one's which. We stand against that which is from hell because we've been redeemed and we rejoice and invite the blessing of God that's in our lives. Are you with me? Now, what's unfortunate, some people go through life and they think that everything that's going on in their life is of God. They say, well, God's in control. Well, I will admit to you, praise God, he is in control. And I tell you what, there is coming a culmination of all of the things that he has said and spoken, they're coming to pass. But the context that they use that, that term uh, for is, is misguided because there are many things that go on in this world that are not of God. Are you listening to me? Things that people experience within their lives. So when we have to do battle, when we have to fight the good fight of faith, when we have to lay hold upon eternal life, when we have to stand against the wiles of the devil, his schemes, you know, to try to thwart the will of God in our lives, then thank God, because the greater one is in us, guess what? We can do it. Hallelujah. You know, you'll be rolling down the road of life, minding your own business, all of a sudden something in the way of experience happens to where there's an offense, Somebody does you wrong, somebody says something, you know, however you want to define it, and now all of a sudden you're faced with how you're going to respond to that. Think about Jesus again with me. He said, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. I mean, they were after him relentlessly. So every day he is having to deal with godless wicked men that in many cases wanted to literally kill him. I don't think life's so bad for us after all, is it? Huh? You ought to get happy. 
But so he's having to deal with them. And so, again, you know, he has to be careful about how he walks. The steps that, that are ordered of God. And so he has to respond all the, and so do you. If you want, you could reciprocate the same thing. Remember the woman that got taken in adultery? You remember that story, of course. And, and you know, they drug her in there and humiliated her. And they said, you know, the, the law says she ought to be stoned. What do you say about it? And he didn't respond immediately. The Bible says that he knelt down, started drawing, you know, writing in the dirt. I don't know if he was writing their names or, you know, maybe there were different sins that each and every one of them were responsible for. I don't know. But finally, you know, because of their harassing and their haranguing in wanting a response from him, he then just stood and said, he that's without sin among you, you can start. The Bible says from the greatest to the least of them, they started walking away being convicted by their own conscience because they had, they had their own issues. People have their issues. Uh-huh. Well, thank God then he turned to her and said, you know, where are your accusers? Is there no one to condemn you? And she said, no one, Lord. He said, neither do I. So I, I, I use that example to simply say is, is that when you get into situations where, you know, maybe somebody's having a bad day and they just start barking at you, you know, for whatever reason, you're not the problem, we, you know, but nevertheless, you can either respond in like manner or you can respond in a biblical, godly kind of way. You can say, well, you know what, maybe they just are having a bad day. And maybe they aren't having a bad day. Maybe they're just after you because you're a child of God, because you represent Jesus. Or you know that, that life is going well for you and not for them, and so you're a target. Are you listening to me? And so it's important for us. And that's why we're, we're talking about the greater one that is on the inside of us. And he will guide us into all the truth. Isn't that what the Bible says? So when these things happen in our lives, it is not for us to just respond or react, maybe is a better way. We need to respond. And why is that important? Because otherwise, if you let this thing go the wrong direction, you end up with strife and or you end up with unforgiveness or you end up with bitterness. There are people that have lived decades with bitterness in their heart. They've, 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 you know, pushed it down and buried it, and every once in a while it'll resurface, and you'll hear about it, and all of these different kinds of things, and their life is being eaten up from the inside out because they did not deal with whatever the problem is. Are you with me? Well, thank God that doesn't have to be that way with us. Now, you may have to fight. You may have to stand against. You know, unforgiveness can be a formidable foe. It is a tactic it is a scheme. It is a, the Bible, King James used the wiles of the devil. Because the thing about it is, is that if you allow it in your life and in your heart, then all of a sudden you're in trouble and there's this displacement between you and God. You don't have confidence because we got this thing back here in the closet that we don't want to deal with. How many of you are in the right place right now? to hear what it is the Spirit of God saying to us. Yes. Amen. You know, uh, the Scripture talks about um, 
in, Ma- in uh, Mark chapter 11, when Jesus was talking about having faith in God, he said, Whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, be cast into the sea, not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore, what things, now listen, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Now listen, and when you stand praying, forgive. Everybody say forgive. Huh? And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, so that your Father which is in heaven can forgive you. Now, in 1 Peter, when Peter was writing, he was giving instructions, you know, to husbands and wives and how we're to behave toward one another. And when he was talking to the husbands, he said that we were to dwell with our wives according to knowledge. I better, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at this because I'm going all over the place. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you know, I'd rather have what he wants to say to you than what I want to say. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Listen, giving honor unto the wife. I'm just going to let that sink in a little bit. Giving honor respecting, loving, believing the best, breathing life into your spouse. Are you listening to me? Not sucking the life force out of them, huh? Because they got to put up with you. This is a great message, praise the Lord. Giving honor, huh, to the wife. You had to honor just for the sake she's putting up with you. Amen. But here's the thing you need to understand. Listen, honor is at the heart of all and every healthy relationship. When you're disrespectful, and, it, and that works both ways. I mean, men do it too. You know, but see, you don't have to do that. Why? Because the greater one's on the inside of you. Tell your flesh to shut up. Stop allowing it to dictate to you, you know, your mood or your attitude or your whatever. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with the Spirit instead of letting your flesh dominate you. Now, this is an interesting segment of my message. Huh? Now it says, give honor unto your wife as unto the weaker vessel, listen, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, so that, listen, your prayers are what? Hmm. Some folk, they ain't getting their prayers answered and they can't understand why. Maybe they need to back up the train and look things over a little bit. How many are still glad you came today? I really can't tell by your countenance, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm thinking that you're probably okay. Is everybody okay? Amen. Why? Because the truth will set you free. Amen. You can have peace in your home. You can have joy in your home. You can have contentment in your home. A lot of folk, you know, I mean, they talk, uh, the conversation of their mouth, the tone, the attitude, and all of those things fills their house with strife. 
And sometimes you can walk in a house. I mean, if you're spiritually discerning, man, you can walk in a house and go, whoa. Strong words have been spoken here. So don't ever invite me over because you never know. <laughs> but it's true. Huh? This thing right here sets the course for how things are going to go in your life. So you can blame the whole world and everybody in it if you want to, but at the end of the day, baby, you're the one at the helm. You're the one that has a hold of the rudder, and you're the one that's going to decide what and direction things are going to go. So glory to God. Thank God you can choose to be happy. Isn't that right? God said, I've placed before you life and death, blessing and cursing, so choose life, dummy, so that you and your seed can live. God wants you to live. God wants you to have life and life more abundantly. Are you with me? And yeah, we all make mistakes. Of course we do. But thank God you can repent. That's a nice word. Repentance will bless you. Even though a lot of folk don't want to talk about it. But I tell you what, it's an important step. It is the first step toward you being blessed in your life. Amen? Glory to God forevermore. Man, I'm telling you what, Pastor, you are preaching it up today. Amen. Well, I'm talking about the greater one. And I tell you, he does want to put us over, but sometimes he can't because of the things that we just talked about. Amen. So, you know, John, in this scripture, in our text, points to the fact that the greater one indwells us so because of that, we share in his victory. We share in the power and the overcoming ability of our great king, the Lord Jesus Christ. He made it possible. Hallelujah. You know, look with me. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Let's look at this verse of Scripture together. Again, probably familiar to many of you. The first chapter of Ephesians and notice with me, if you would, in the 15th verse, Paul is praying. He's talking about, when I heard of your faith, I was excited about what was going on, so we, we haven't ceased to pray for you. And I want you to note how it is that he is praying. Notice, um, uh, just jumping in the middle of verse 16, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, and this is how he prays, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding having been enlightened so that you can know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Now notice this, listen. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to who? To us word who believe. How many believers do I have here? So he, he talks about, I want you to get this revelation of an exceedingly great power that belongs to you because you believe. And then he describes it in Jesus' resurrection over all principalities, powers, might, and dominion. Notice if you go down and drop down into about the uh, 22nd verse, it says that he's put all things under his feet. He's given, given him to, the, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all and all. 
Thank God for the exceeding greatness of his power. Everybody say, I have his power. Say it again. Say it one more time. Just make me happy if you'd say it once more. You have his power. We're not always conscious of it, you know, but I'm telling you what, if you're a child of God, and that absolute authority and dominion has become yours, huh, child of God, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So it puts you in a completely different place. You're not a victim, you're a victor. You're not overcome, you are an overcomer. He has made it possible for you, praise God, to live in a way that is different from the rest of the world. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. He's given you this power. What's, what's the power for? It's for you to be able to overcome sin. You know, Paul wrote and he said, sin shall not have dominion over you. Huh? You know, you're not to allow sin to dominate your life. But it's giving you power over sin and temptation. Because listen, you guys, sin is what destroys people's lives. You say, well, what's sin? Sin is when you disobey God. When you do whatever it is that he said not to do. It's just that simple. You know, you look in the world today, popular culture, and I tell you what, immorality is destroying people's lives. Big time. They say, well, I'm a bisexual, I'm a pansexual, I'm a this sexual, I'm a whatever sexual. No, you're immoral. We don't use that word, but that's exactly what the, you know, you're not, you're not all of these things that you want to be or describe yourself as being. You're immoral if, in fact, that's what you practice as a human being. God made you male and female, and he also placed within that the confines as to how it is that you and I are to function in our sexuality. Are you with me? And what's really, really sad is, is that a society of people, are, are, their whole life revolves around their sexual identities. And for the most part, most of all of that is corrupt. And what ends up happening is it destroys their lives. It's just that simple. You say, well, that's sad. Yeah, it's because the God of this world has blinded their minds and they don't have a clue. Okay? So you say, well, how come, why don't they get a clue? Because you haven't been able to tell them that. And sometimes they don't want to hear it. But truth is truth wherever you find it, baby. And the truth will make you free. So if anybody ever wants to concede to that, then they're in good shape. But I tell you, he's given us power over the devil's schemes and his tactics. He's given us power over the world and, and, and Satan's lies. He's given us power over the curse of poverty, lack, sickness, disease, spiritual death, over fear and hopelessness, over discouragement and despair, and may I go on. You've been given a mastery of these things, over everything that does not represent God's kingdom. And thank God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. You know, Joshua told the nation of Israel, he says, you got a choice to make. He said, God's fulfilled everything he said he was going to do. Now you decide. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Thank God, I don't know about you, but I'm going to serve God. Because I know that that's the best way. 
And you do too. Amen? Everybody say it again. I have his power. We need to understand the reality of these truths and walk in the light of them. You know, again, in that scripture that I read, or we read, I should say, in Ephesians chapter 1, you know, when Paul was writing, he says, that I'm praying that God will give you a spirit of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to use what you know. There are all kind of people got their head filled full of knowledge, you know, and thank God for that. But right on the other hand, if you, don't, if you can't use it, what difference does it make? So he's praying that God would give us a spirit of wisdom, the ability to use what we know, and a revelation knowledge. Glory to God forevermore uh, in the knowledge of him so that we can know him. Hallelujah. And um, I want to get to something here because we're going to run out of time. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Genesis, the 17th chapter, talking about the greater one within us and also talking about the greatness of God. Hallelujah. A couple weeks ago, I was talking to you about Israel's deliverance. And when Jethro, that would have been Moses' father-in-law, seen what it is that God did through him, he makes this statement. He says, now I know. In other words, he witnessed what happened. You know, the fact that you're born of the Spirit of God ought to help you to know that there's nobody greater than your God. Huh? And Jethro says, now I know that the Lord is greater than all gods because of what it is that he did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember when they were in the fiery furnace and uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar came, he said, man, there's a fourth man in that fire. And they came out without smoke, without burn, without anything. And, and Nebuchadnezzar made a decree and said that everyone that he knows is going to serve this God. He says, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. There is none. And that's the same God that you and I serve. He's more than enough. He's greater than all things. And the greater one, the Bible says, is in you. Now let's look at Abraham here. Here's another third thing about the greatness of God in, in uh, Genesis chapter, did I tell you 17? When he was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the almighty God. Hallelujah. You know, in other words, in the Hebrew, it says, I am El Shaddai. And that's been translated, the God that is more than enough. So everybody say it together. He's more than enough for whatever I need. He's more than enough to provide for my needs. He's more than enough to give me what I need to know. Yes, he's more than enough. So he reveals himself to, to, to Abram, well, Abram, Abraham later. He reveals him and he says, I am the almighty God. You know, back when Moses was dealing with him, he said, who am I going to tell sent me? He said, you just tell him I am that I am sent you. So now we get down the road a few generations. He gets to, he gets to Abraham and he says, I am the Almighty God. Woo! Come on. 
Now notice what it goes on to say in this this, uh, verse of Scripture. He says, walk before me and be thou perfect or upright or sincere. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. Huh? Blameless. I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless or walk uprightly. Well, what's that mean? That means, praise God, you keep sin out of your life. You know, people crash and burn because of sin. Thank God you don't have to crash and burn. My wife loves it when we go flying, that when we go up, we come back down as we intended. Somehow or another, that really gives her a thrill. Are you with me? You know, now there's things that happen in the cockpit that she's talked about that she wasn't expecting that kind of got her a little stirred up. You know, when the fuel light came on and we were like 16,000 feet over the mountains. She goes, what's that? I said, well, that's a light. Hallelujah. But honey, there's two tanks. So relax. It didn't do her much good. You say, why are you talking about this? I'm talking about not crashing and burning. Are you with me? Amen. So once we talked through all of that, everything worked out just great. You know what I'm saying? We're just going to land right there. You know, it's 7,500 miles away. And, you know, not a big deal. At least not to me. You know. Now, when she would hear, if she were to hear a, <laughs> then maybe we got a problem. Remember one time Kenneth Copeland was talking about this flight instructor and and uh, I don't know that he was the one being instructed with somebody, but anyway, the engine f- failed, you know, and they were, you know, I don't know what their altitude or whatever, you know, and so this student, you know, he's freaking out. My God, what are we going to do? And the instructor says, we're going we're to land. We're going to land. You know, when you, when you get into a mess, it's not the time to freak out. Are you listening to me? Better keep yourself together. Amen. You know? So we don't want to crash and burn, and the way that we do that is we stay away from sin. So he said, I am the Almighty God, walk before me, and be thou perfect. Notice verse 2, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, now this is so cool, you guys, because God's making a declaration to him. First of all, he's telling him who he is. And the second thing he's telling him is what he's going to do. He said, behold, as for me, my covenant is with you. As far as I'm concerned, I tell you, that's, that's the thing that is so awesome about God is that he cannot lie. So when he says, when Paul, for example, says that if God be for you, who can be against you? That just simply means the God of heaven and earth is on your side. He's for you. You say, even in my messed upness? Yes. Hallelujah. He paid an awesome price with the blood of Jesus. And I tell you what, God never wants to repurchase territory that he's already taken. Are you listening to me? So he said here in this verse of Scripture, As for me, my covenant is with you, and you'll be a father of many nations. Neither shall your name any more be Abram, but it shall be called Abraham, father of multitude, for I've made you a father of many nations. And then he says, and, and I will make you exceedingly 
fruitful. And I will make nations of you, kings will come out of you. I will establish my covenant between me and thee and your seed after you and in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to your seed after you. And I will give unto you and your seed after you the land wherein you are a stranger, the land of Canaan and all of possession. Think about that. This little piece of dirt, turf over there, you know, and everybody wants it. Israel's surrounded by enemies, and God puts this dome up and says, you're not coming in here, because this belongs to them. So here we are, five, 6,000 years down the road, and we're watching God keep his word for this people, even though they are surrounded on every side by their enemies. That dirt belongs to them. I don't care. You know, why on God's green earth, of all the places on the planet, why is that so special? Because the devil wants it for his possession, and he can't have it. Are you listening to me? But the thing I want you to notice in this scripture is it says, I'm going to do these things. My covenant is with you, and I'm going to cause blessing and multiplication to occur toward you and your seed after you in their generation. And the Bible says in the New Testament, if you be Christ's, you're Abraham's seed. And you, everybody say me, you are an heir according to the promise. He said, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to keep you. I am going to sustain you on another occasion when he appeared to him. He said, I am. Woo. I love this. I am. I am. Everybody say, I am. He said, I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. In other words, I am your protector and your provider. Everybody say, I believe the Bible. Everybody say, I believe the Word of God. Everybody say, I believe what God is saying to me. You know, you got to get over on this side where you're believing what it is that He said. You know, you say, yes, but my circumstance and my neighbor and my brother isn't too excited about it. And my parents tell me all kind of, you know, whatever. Listen, you don't care about that. You care about what he said. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. Hallelujah. Because he's done that for you. If we'll believe it then praise God, things will change. So to close this morning, you know, I've got three lessons here. Um, Hang on. Okay, I got it. Turn finally to Philippians. This will help you right here before we we close. Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to give you a key that will help you in all of this. I've shared a lot of things with you. You say, okay, how do I put this to work? I am so glad you asked. Amen. Amen. Everybody say it together. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, you can do anything that he tells you you can do. Glory to God. Amen. Now, did you all find Philippians chapter 4? Okay. Now, before we read this scripture, I want to quote another scripture to you. And this is Isaiah 26, 3. So just write it down. Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, 
Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Do you have that? Uh, Can you put that up there? Isaiah 26.3. I want you to see it with your beady little eyes. There you go. Thou will keep him. Everybody say, that means me. Yeah, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. Show the next verse. Mm. There. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Well, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the world today. A lot of uncertainty. A lot of questions. A lot of, my Lord, where are we going? What's going to happen? I'll tell you where we're going. We're coming to the end. Jesus is coming again. But he wants us to stay in peace. He says, my peace give I unto you, not as the world gives. Peace I leave with you. God wants us to be in peace. You say, well, how does that happen? Obey that scripture. Huh? Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. But you worry about all these folk and everything that they're saying and doing. Tell you, God will take care of them. And he'll take care of you too. Now, in Philippians, or yeah, Philippians chapter 4 here, notice what it says in verse 6. This is familiar territory, but it's good. It says, be careful for nothing. Some of your translations will say, never be anxious about anything. Boy, if we could get that down, we'd be okay, huh? Now, when the phone rings or when you get something in the mail that you didn't expect, I just got a bill in the mail that I didn't expect. How many of you have ever had that happen? And it wasn't like $4.69. It's like $1,700, Shazam. Huh? Well, you got two ways you can respond. Oh, my God. Or you can say, thank you, Lord, for providing for all my needs. Amen? Amen. So it says, notice what it says again. It says in verse 6, it says, be careful for nothing. You say, well, you just can't do that. I mean, you know, you, 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 you know that's just not possible. Well, let me ask you a question. Who asked us to do that? He did. Would God ever ask you to do something you can't do? So where's the problem at? Well, I just, I, I, I don't believe that. I just, you know, I just don't think you can live carefree. Well, again, okay, who we're gonna, whose report we're going to believe here, boys and girls? Because he said, be careful for nothing. In other words, never be anxious about anything. Thank God, you know, we can grow in our relationship with God so as to know, praise God, that whatever comes our way, he's more than enough. He is the greater one, and he will take care of us no matter what the circumstance. But the only way that can happen is if our mind is stayed on him. Huh? Be careful for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. How many of you know that he knows what we have need of before we ask? 
But he did say to ask. He said, let your request be made known. And it says, and the peace of God. Everybody say, thank God for his peace. Yeah. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. So what's that mean? That just means that when everybody else is unraveling, you can just, you know, they'll ask you, say, man, my God, dude, what's wrong with you? Don't you see what's going on? Well, no, I'm not really looking at that so much as what, I, what my father said that he would do. You with me? Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So what do we do? Turn off the radio. Maybe turn off the TV. Maybe turn off whatever it is, you know. You know, I get one of those prompts on my phone. It tells me, not only does it tell me, um, you know, my screen time, but it tells me where I spent my time. You ever check that out sometime there, boys and girls? You're going, uh-oh, guilty as charged. Why? Because the stuff that's on it is junk. You can't, we've already determined that whatever the media has to say isn't true. So we might as well go somewhere else, amen? How about the book? Amen. Amen. I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, to give you a future. Hallelujah. And now may the God of peace, you know, grant to you, glory to God, that you can live with all hopefulness. What is that scripture uh, that that is there in Romans? Look at this. Now may the God of hope, how many of you know we got a God of hope? This is, uh, this is Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope, 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 may the God of hope, may the God of hope. See, if you listen to the world and you listen to the media, they ain't no hope. All they got to talk about is what's wrong. My God, we got this, we got this, we got, you know, this and that and the other. And you know what? Praise God, the Kardashians are wearing some kind of tight thing and you ought to check this out. Who cares? Well, the world does. He is. Now, may the God of hope, huh, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Now, if you don't believe, my friends, praise God, there's no hope for you. you got to believe the Word of God. Joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Everybody say it one more time. Greater is He he. that's in me me. than he that's in the world. Glory to God. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Lord. Praise God. So what are we going to do now? Well, we're going to make some declarations, and we're also going to make some decisions, and we're going to take care of some business so that, praise God, you can come away from this place and say, wow, I am so glad I came to church. Hallelujah. Why? Because God wants you to be carefree. You know, and so much of what it is, I mean, the world is peddling fear at a level and a rate that is unprecedented. 
I've said this many times, you know, on the evening news, I have 30, well, I have about 29 minutes of junk, and then they'll have one minute of some happy thing at the end. What they need is about 29 minutes of happy stuff and one minute of junk. Are you listening to me? But here's my deal. I want you, as we come together, we're going to pray, and and I want you to to identify or isolate the care or the fear of this, that, or the other. It may be, who knows? It doesn't make any difference. But I'm telling you what, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Fear has torment, and God doesn't want you to be tormented. He wants you to be at peace. And so we have to, as an act of our will, we have to roll these things over onto the Lord and then not pick them up. I use the example often, you know, if it's care or fear that you're dealing with, and it's like a suitcase that you have, you know, what God wants you to do is He wants you to take it, and He wants you to bring it to Him, and He wants you to give it to Him, and then don't have one of those tethers on there, you know, where when you walk away, it follows you. Huh? Leave it there. Praise God. Father, we love you this morning. And I thank you for the church. I thank you for all those that may be watching again by internet, Father God, that are dealing with the matters of life, the issues of life. And God, we've come together today because we know there is a greater one who is in us that wants to put us over in life. And so you've given us the tools, Father, to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we come against care, we come against worry, we come against fear and anxiety in the name of Jesus. And Father, I want to thank you right now that these that are within the sound of my voice, Father, have become the possessors of peace and that your grace will rest upon them, Father, throughout their days. And we can rejoice together because we serve the God of hope. And so I thank you for your blessing, Father, in this house. Now, as we pray together, I want you just to pray this prayer with me. Say this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the greater one that indwells my heart. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one who keeps me in all of my ways. Thank you for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Thank you, Lord, for your plan for my life and your answers and solutions to my problems. Thank you, Lord, for leading me in the way that I should go. And I thank you, Lord, for your blessing and your peace in my life.